Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates, and I bear witness that Muhammad وسلم, is his slave servant and his messenger. I would like to continue this evening with our explanation of Lum'atul Itiqad Al Hadi ila Sabil al Rashad, the essay in Islamic creed or beliefs by Imam Abu Muhammad Abdullah ibn Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Qudama rahimahullah, along with the explanation, brief explanation uh, by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Sali al Uthaymeen hafizahullah. In the previous lecture, lecture number 15, we discussed a number of points related to matters of the next life or the journey to the next life, the punishment in the grave or the pleasure or reward in the grave as well as the questioning in the grave, the resurrection and so on. Uh, so just quickly to review those points, Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah mentions in point number 58 And here Imam Ibn Qudam says that the punishment in the grave and the na'im, the pleasure or bounty in the grave or the reward or pleasure in the grave it is haqqun, it is true, it is a reality. And the Prophet ﷺ did in fact seek refuge in Allah from the punishment in the grave. And he used to command the people to do so in every salat, in every prayer. And then he said in point number 59 that fitna al qabr haqqun, the fitna for the trial in the grave is a reality, it is true. Wasual Munkar wa Nakir Hakun and the questioning of the two angels, Munkar and Nakir, is also a reality, it is true. Wal Ba'atu Ba'd al Maut Hakun and the resurrection after death, it is a reality. It will definitely take place. Wazalika Hina Yanfahu Israel Salam Pisur and that is at the time when the angel Israfil will blow in the horn or in the trumpet as mentioned in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Yaseen chapter 36 verse 51 فَإِذَا هُمْ مِنَ الْأَجَدَاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ at the time when the trumpet will be blown 
at that time the people will come forth from the graves they will come forth to their Lord coming out quickly and we mentioned here the linguistic definition of fitna it means ikhtibar or test or examination and the fitna of the grave fitna al-qabr it means the questioning of the dead person about who is their Lord what is their deen and who is their prophet and then the shaykh mentions in the explanation in the sharh that these things are confirmed in the Quran and the Sunnah and he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ibrahim chapter 14 verse 27 and the saying of the Prophet sallallahu that's reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim concerning this verse that the Muslim when he is questioned in the grave he should testify that there is no God there is nothing that should be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah and this the Prophet said that this questioning it is what is referred to in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ibrahim 1427 that Allah will make firm those who believe with a firm saying in this life and in the next life in this hadith reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim then he mentions that this questioning will take place from the two angels and he mentions the hadith concerning this and then he says that the punishment in the grave and the pleasure in the grave that these things are either understood from the Quran the apparent meaning of the verse of Quran in Surah Al-Waqiyah or it is clearly mentioned in the saying of the Prophet in the hadith of Al-Bara ibn Azib anhu, concerning the fitna in the grave when he said that a caller will call out from the heavens that my servant has been truthful and, and he will order that a bedding be made for him from Jannah and he will be clothed, clothed from Jannah and a door will be opened for him to Jannah uh, and from that door will come to him the wind or the breeze or the sweet smell from paradise uh, and his grave would be made spacious for him for as far as his eyes could see and the opposite would happen to the kafir. and this hadith is reported in the Sunan of Abu Dawud and the Muslim of Imam Ahmed and then the Shaykh says that th- these things the punishment or the reward in the grave the pleasure in the grave it is also confirmed not only in the Sunnah by agreement of the Salaf or the early generations of the Muslims then he mentioned the question of whether or not the punishment in the grave is it something that will happen only or be experienced by the spirit the ruh or will it be experienced by the body and he says the Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah said that the position of the early generations of the Muslims the early predecessors of the Muslims and the Imam is that this punishment and this pleasure it will take place or will it be experienced by the spirit of the dead person as well as their body uh, then he mentions the blowing in the trumpet or the blowing in the horn and he just gives the definition uh, of a sur it is al-qarun or qurun that is a horn that is blown in and linguistic uh, legally or in the sharia the meaning of it is a great horn that the angel Israfil 
is holding and waiting to blow in at the time that he is commanded to do so. And he said that the blowing will be two, one which will call all, cause all the people to fall unconscious in a swoon and the other the people will be raised up and those in the graves will be brought forth for judgment in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The last point that we mention is point number 60, the saying of Imam Ibn Qudama, وَيُشْرُ النَّاسِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ خُفَاتًا عُرَاتًا وُرُلًا بُحْمًا That the people will be uh, gathered or collected together on Yawm Al-Qiyamah uh, barefooted, naked, uh, barefooted, naked and uncircumcised and without anything and they wouldn't have anything with them فَيَقِفُونَ فِي مَوْقِفَ الْقِيَامَةِ Then the people will stand in the place of standing, the place of resurrection حَتَّى يَشْفَعَ فِيهِمْ نَبِيُّنَا مُحَمِّدْ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَيُحَاسِبُهُمَ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى And until the Prophet Muhammad would intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to act for the judgment to begin then Allah will call the people to account وَتُنْسَبَ الْمَوَازِينَ وَتُنْشَرَ الدَّوَاوِينَ وَتَطَائِرَ سُحُفَ الْعَامَالِ إِلَى الْأَيْمَنِ وَالشِّمَالِ At that time, after the intercession of the Prophet wasallam, then the scales will be set up and the records that the dawaween will be distributed, the records of the deeds of the people and the books of the deeds will be dispersed to the right or to the left. Yani to the, it will be dispersed to the people given to them in their right hands or in their left hand. And then he mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Inshiqaq فَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِهِ As for those who are given their book in their right hand فَسَوْفَ يُحَاسَبُ حِسَابًا يَسِيرًا Then he will be given an easy account those who are given their books in their right hand or their records in their right hand will be given an easy account وَيَنْقَلِبُ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ مَسْرُورًا And he will turn to his people happy, joyous وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ وَرَاءَ ظَهْرِ As for the one who is given his record behind his back فَسَوْفَ يَدْعُوْ ثُبُورًا And that person will call or invoke for destruction and they would prefer to be destroyed وَيَصْلَى سَعِيرًا And they will be caused to enter into the fire uh, Here the Shaykh mentions the explanation of these things uh, which we discussed last week the linguistic meaning of Al-Irsal uh, The linguistic meaning of Al-Ba'ath it means the sending forth the legal, technical meaning, shari meaning it means giving life to the dead on the day of resurrection yani al-ba'ath ba'd al-mawt it means the resurrection giving life to the dead people on the day of resurrection al-hashr or the gathering linguistic, linguistically it means al-jam or to collect or gather together and shar'an in the sharia the legal technical meaning it means the collecting together of all of the creatures on Yawm Qiyamah for their accounting and for judging between them. So the Ba'ath and the Hashr, these two things, the resurrection and the gathering of the people for judgment, it is a reality that is confirmed in the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Ijma of the scholars. From the Qur'an he mentions Surah Al-Taghabun, verse 7, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala قُلْ بَلَى وَرَبِّي لَتُبْعَثُنَّ Say, nay, for sure by my Lord you will definitely be raised up. And also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Waqiyah verse 49 and 50 قُلْ إِنَّ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَالْآخِرِينَ لَمَجْمُوعُونَ إِلَى مِقَاتِ يَوْمٍ مَعْلُومٍ 
say verily the first of them and the last of them, all of the people, first and the last, they will be selected together at the appointed time and place in a day that is known, yani yawm al-qiyam the day of resurrection. And the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions the hadith in which he said that the people will be collected on the day of judgment uh, and no one would have any flag or any sign or anything to identify or to distinguish or to separate one from another. And there will be no distinction, all people raised up equally. Then he says that the Muslims have agreed by consensus uh, on this point of the hashr, that the people will be collected or gathered together on Yawm Qiyamah and that they will be gathered together barefooted, naked, and uncircumcised. And he mentions here the proof of this, one of them the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Anbiya, chapter 21, verse 104, خَلْقٍ نُعِيدُهُ Just as we began, the first of the creation, we will repeat it, or we will return it again, just like that. He will be raised up as they were, came into the, as they came into this world for the first time. And also, this is confirmed in the saying of the Prophet wasallam. Uh, the hadith in which he said that you will all be raised up barefooted, naked, and uncircumcised. Then the Prophet ﷺ read this very same ayat that just as we <coughs> began in the beginning of the first creation, we will repeat it. Surah Al-Anbiya. And it is the summary of what we mentioned last week. The last part of this topic we didn't complete last week, and it is Al-Hisab, the counting or the accounting. And here the Shaykh said, uh, this is from the point from last week, point number 60, Al-Hisab. He said, Al-Hisab, linguistically, it means counting, numbering, Al-Adad. Shar'an, in the Sharia, it means, Itla' Allah ibadahu ala amalihim. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring forth to His servants, to all of the people, and He will make them to know their actions. He will bring forth the records so that they will come to know about all of their actions. And this is confirmed in the Quran, the Sunnah, and by consensus or ijma of the Muslims. As for the Quran, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al Ghashiya, verses twenty five and twenty six. verily to us is their return. Yani to Allah everyone will have to return. Then verily it is upon us to their accounting. Yani the accounting of the people it is the responsibility of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is his right and he will perform this uh, this action of the accounting, taking account or the hisab of all of his creatures. As for the sunnah, the saying of the Prophet as reported in the Musnad Al-Imam Ahmed and the Shaykh Al-Albani said that the Isnad is Jeed or that it is Sahih, it is authentic. That, that the Prophet used to say in some of his prayers, he used to make this supplication, Allahumma Hasibni Hisaban Yasiran. Allahumma Hasibni Hisaban Yasiran. And this is a good dua that a Muslim should learn and should say in their salat. It is from the Sunnah of the Prophet. Oh Allah, Hasibni, call me to account or take account of me, Hisaban Yasira, and an easy accounting. Make my accounting easy for me. Every one of us is in need of this. If the Prophet ﷺ asked Allah to make his accounting easy, then how much more so 
So we need to supplicate with this dua, Allahumma hasibni hisabay yasiran. When he used to say that, it's reported in this hadith, فَقَالَتْ عَائِشَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ أَنْهَا مَا الْحِسَابَ الْيَسِيرَ She said, what is this الْحِسَابَ الْيَسِيرَ This easy reckoning that you are asking for. She said to the Prophet وسلم, what is this easy reckoning? The Prophet وسلم, said, أَنْ يَنْظُرَ فِي كِتَابِهِ فَيَتَجَاوَزُ أَنْهُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will look in the record, in the record that he has for a particular servant of his, he will look in that record, فَيَتَجَاوَزُ anhu. Then he will overlook that person's evil deeds. And this is الحساب اليسير that when Allah takes account of anyone, he will look at the record of their deeds and he will pass over, and he will pardon them for their deeds. He will pass over without punishing them for such. This is al-hisab al-yaseer that the Prophet asked for, and we are all in need of it. Finally, Shaykh Muhammad, Hafizahullah, says that the Muslims have reached consensus concerning the confirmation of al-hisab, the accounting on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Yani, there's something that is agreed upon by consensus of the Muslims. Then he says, the sifa, sifa al-hisab lil-mu'min. How will be the accounting of the believer? And how will be the accounting of the disbeliever, al-kafir? He said the characteristic or the description of the hisab of the mu'min is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring that person to him, near to him to be alone with him, so that no one else will know what is going on there. He will be alone with him. فَيُقَرِّرُهُ بِذُنُوبِهِ And he will cause him, he will ask him, have you done such and such and so and so? And he mentioning his sins. He will cause him to admit that he has done so, until that person will see that they are finished. And after they admitted to all of the sins which they committed, they will know that they are through, that they are finished. يعني حتى إذا رأى أنه قد حلق يعني that he's through there's no chance for him قال الله له then Allah سبحانه وتعالى will say to him سترتها عليك في الدنيا وأنا أغفر أغفرها لك اليوم يعني I have covered up your sins in the world I I covered them up so that people didn't know them and now today I will also forgive you for your sins يعني this will be the accounting for the believer Allah will take them into nearness, near to him so that no one else will see or hear what he is saying to them and he will ask them about every sin that he committed and he will confirm and admit that yes I have done it then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say I covered up your sins in the world so that people didn't know it and now I will forgive you your sins today then he will, be, he will give him or he will be given his book of good deeds. Yani the believer at that point, Allah will overlook their sins and give them the book of their hasanat, their good deeds. As for the kafir, and this hadith as reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim on Yutati of Abdul ibn Umar, وَأَمَّا الْكَافِرُ أَوَ الْكُفَّارُ وَالْمُنَافِقُونَ فَيُنَادَى بِهِمْ عَلَى رُؤُوسِ الْخَلَائِقِ أَوْ يَقُولُوا الْأَشْهَادِ هَؤُلَاءِ الَّذِينَ كَذَبُوا عَلَى رَبِّهِمْ أَلَا لَعْنَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ And as for the disbelievers and the munafiqun, the hypocrites, then it will be called out, for they will be called out 
in front of all of the people, all of the human beings, from the first and the last, in front of all the people, not in private, as the believer, as Allah will take the believer into privacy, but the disbelievers and hypocrites, He will call them out in front of all the people. And it will be said, the witnesses will say, These are those, or He is amongst those, who denied their Lord. Isn't it so that the curse of Allah is on the ظالمين, the unjust wrongdoers, yani the disbelievers and the hypocrites. This hadith is reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. So this is the description or the characteristic of how would be the accounting of the believer and how would be the accounting of the disbeliever. Al-Hisab, the Shaykh says, it is general for all of mankind except those whom Allah makes an exception for them. And this is a very important point. That Al-Hisab, the calling of account, is general for all mankind. And everyone will be called to account except those whom Allah makes an exception for them. And here he mentions the saying of the Prophet Sallallahu that those who Allah made an exception for, they are Sabauna Alfan, seventy thousand from this Ummah, from the followers of Muhammad وسلم, and from amongst them is Uqasha عنه, one of the commands of the Prophet وسلم, who, who the Prophet وسلم, told him in his lifetime that he would be one of those who would enter paradise بِلَا حِسَابْ وَلَا عَذَابْ without any accounting and without any punishment yani he wouldn't be called to account nor would he be punished at all but he would enter paradise directly in this hadith the Prophet ﷺ said, amongst them is Okasha, but there are 70,000 from this Ummah. And this is reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. It's reported in Bukhari in the chapter 70,000 who would enter paradise without Hisab. And it's reported in Muslim in the chapter, the proof that there would be some groups of the Muslims who would enter paradise without accounting and without Punishment. And this hadith is reported from Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. May Allah be pleased with him and his father. Also, with a different wording, the same meaning has been reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Abu Huraira and also in the Sahih of Muslim on the authority of Imran ibn Hussein. And he, all of them reported hadith of similar meaning, that 70,000 of the people of the Ummah of Muhammad would enter paradise without giving account and without any punishment at all. There is another hadith which is Hassan. It is a Hassan, a good hadith and it is a further bushra or good news for the believers that not only 70,000 <coughs> but it is reported in the hadith of Tawban and the Musnad of Imam Ahmed and it is attributed to the Prophet that he said that was every one of them from that 70,000 who would enter paradise without accounting and without punishment with every one of them there would be 70,000 more 
with every one of those who was into paradise without accounting, every one of them would also have with them 70,000 of the Ummah of Muhammad to enter paradise. I don't know what's the mathematics of these numbers, but Alhamdulillah it's a big number. <laughs> this has been mentioned by Al-Hafid ibn Kathir, Rahimahullah, who said that this hadith is Sahih. And he also, in Al-Bidayah and Nihaya, mentioned a lot of Shawahid or <coughs> similar supporting narrations. In some of the narrations, it is reported that the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ رَبِّي عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَعَدَنِي مِنْ أُمَّتِي سَبَعِينَ أَلْفًا That verily my Lord, the Mighty and the Majestic, has promised me from my Ummah, 70,000. لَا يُحَاسَبُونَ مَا كُلِّ أَلْفٍ سَبَعِينَ أَلْفٍ They would not be, have to give account, and with every thousand of them, there would be 70,000. And these hadith, as Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir mentioned, are numerous narrations reported by different collectors of hadith from different companions, including Anas ibn Malik and also Abu Umama radiallahu anhuma and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu. In the end, he says that this hadith, it is at least hasan due to the many narrations that are reported uh, or it may be more than that as, as Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir says it is Sahih so this is a good news for the believers that 70,000 will enter paradise and with every thousand of them another thousand or with every one of them another 70,000 and the 70,000 with each one of those 70,000 then the Shaykh says the first of those who would be called to account would be the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yani the first people on Yom Qiyamah who would have to give account would be the Muslim followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is based on the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi in the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, in that hadith he said, Nahnu al-akhirun al-sabikun yawm al-qiyamah that we are the last, meaning the last ummah. We are the last people who came from amongst the nations of the prophets. But we are the first, the sabiqun on Yawm Qiyamah, who would be called to account in front of all of creation. Yani we are the last ummah who came, but we are the first ummah who will be called to account. So the first people who will be called to account on Yawm Qiyamah would be the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This hadith has also been reported in the Sunan of Ibn Majah on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma in which the wording of the hadith is Nahnu akhiru al-umam wa awwalu man yuhasab that we are the last of the nations but we are the first one who will be called to account. In the first hadith as I said of these two the first of them is narrated in uh, the Sahih of Muslim from the hadith of Abu Huraira and Hudayfa radiallahu anhuma and also in Bukhari and the second hadith is narrated in Ibn Majah and also Ahmed and others on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas and that second hadith it is also Sahih as mentioned by Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah the next point the Shaykh mentions concerning 
the accounting is that the first thing that people will be called to account for the first thing that people will be called to account for is the rights of Allah from amongst the rights of Allah is the salat the first thing that Allah will call us to account for from those rights that belong to him is as salat the first thing Allah will judge the people concerning will be concerning their prayers and this is based on the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam awwal ma yuhasabu bihi al-abdu yawm al-qiyam as-salat that the first thing that a person will be called to account for on the day of resurrection is the prayers فَإِن صَلَحَتْ صَلُحَ سَائِرُ عَمَلِهِ وَإِن فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ سَائِرُ عَمَلِهِ so if his prayer is correct and sound then the rest of his deeds will be likewise but if his prayer is uh, defective or corrupted then the rest of his deeds would be likewise and this makes us to know the importance of salat that when a person gives the proper consideration and attention to their prayers it will also help them in the rest of the actions of their life this hadith is reported by al-imam al-tabarani in his book al-awsat and he said that the isnad for this hadith is a good isnad la basbihi insha'Allah al-munziri al-imam al-munziri said in his book targheeb wa tarheeb or he mentioned it in his book here uh, this hadith is mentioned that this hadith is also reported in the sunnah of al-tirmidhi and the sunnah of al-nasai and ibn majah with a sahih isnad authentic correct isnad from abu Huraira radiallahu anhu and it was declared sahih by shaykh al-albani in his checking of the hadith of al-targheeb al-tarheeb uh, the last point that he mentions concerning this matter is the first thing that Allah will judge between the people concerning it the first thing of the matters between the people the first thing of the rights of Allah is the salat but the first thing of the matters or the differences or controversy between the people it will be matters relating to the spilling of blood and this is based on the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam reported on the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu and it is collected by al-Bukhari and Muslim awwala ma yuqda bayna al-nas yawm al-qiyamah fi ad-dimah for the first thing that judgment will be made concerning it between the people on the day of resurrection it is the matter of blood spilling so this is also a warning to us of the seriousness of taking anyone's life or causing physical harm to anyone unjustly, unfairly or outside of the law of Allah the first thing between the people the rights of the people that Allah will judge between are those who unjustly spilled blood this is the end of what the Shaykh says concerning point number 60 the next point which is on the handout for today it is also related to having iman or faith in everything that the Prophet has reported to us point number 61 Al-Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah says وَالْمِيزَانِ لَهُ كَفَّتَانِ وَلِثَانِ تُوزًا بِهِ الْأَعْمَالِ that al-mizan, the balance, it has two scales, kafatan, walitan, and a tongue. 
يعني in this mizan the actions or the deeds of the people will be weighed it is in this al-mizan that has kaffatan two scales upon which the deeds of the people will be weighed as for the lisan actually it has not been authentically reported from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam this description for the mizan that it has a lisan a tongue so it is not confirmed in the sunnah but what is confirmed in the sunnah is that the mizan it is real and it has kaffatan two scales on both sides in which the deeds good deeds and evil deeds will be weighed and this is here mentioned by Imam Ibn Qudama the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Mu'minun chapter 23 or chapter 40 I think chapter 23 verses 102 and 103 فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَاذِينُهُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ that whoever's scales or balances are heavy yani heavy with good deeds then these are those who will be of the muflihun those who are successful وَمَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ but whoever's deeds good deeds are light or non-existent they won't have any فَأُولَئِكَ الَّذِينَ خَصِرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ فِي جَهَنَّمَا خَالِدُونَ then these are those who have caused a loss to their own selves and in the hellfire they will remain forever they will remain in hellfire forever uh, here the shaykh says in the explanation of this point number one the first point he discussed al-mawazin al-mawazin the scales or the balances al-mawazin he said it is the plural of mizan and mizan linguistically it means that which things are weighed through it or measured by it whether they are light or heavy it is the thing that is used to measure things whether they are light or heavy Sharan and the Sharia or the legal meaning of Mizan it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is that thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place for or will set up for the weighing of the deeds of the people it is that thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will set up for the weighing of the deeds of the people and it has been indicated in the Quran the Sunnah and the Ijma of the Salaf the consensus of the early generations of the Muslims and here he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Mu'min chapter 23 verse 102 and 103 that those whose, whose scales or balances are heavy and they will be of those who are successful and those whose scales are light with good deeds they will be of those who cause uh, lost to their own selves and they will uh, stay or remain in the hellfire forever also he mentions the proof of this another verse from the Quran from Surah Al-Anbiya chapter 21 verse 47 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will set up balances or scales of justice for the day of resurrection فَلَا تُظْلَمْ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا So no person, no soul will be wronged in anything. Yani the scales will weigh everything. All of the deeds of the people will be weighed and no one will be wronged at all in the least. وَإِن كَانَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةٍ مِنْ خَرْدَلٍ أَتَيْنَا بِهَا 
even if it was something equal to the weight of a mustard seed, good or evil, no matter how small it may be, then we will bring it forth. And we are sufficient as accountant, accounting or reckoners. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will be sufficient in reckoning or calling the people to account. Yani nothing will be left out. The scales will be set up, scales of justice. And no one will be wrong in the least. No matter how small a deed may be, it will be brought forth. And Allah will call everyone to account. Also a proof from the sunnah of the mizan or the scales is the saying of the Prophet ﷺ reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. His saying, uh, that hadith reported by Abu Hurairah anhu, and it is the end of the Sahih of Al-Bukhari. In the last chapter, the last hadith of Sahih Al-Bukhari, the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, kalimatani habibatani ila rahmani خَفِيفَتَانِ عَلَى اللِّسَانِ ثَقِيلَتَانِ فِي الْمِذَانِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِهِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ كَلِمَتَانِ حَبِيبَتَانِ إِلَى الرَّحْمَانِ Two words that are beloved to Ar-Rahman, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two words that are beloved to Ar-Rahman, خَفِيفَتَانِ عَلَى اللِّسَانِ They are light on the tongue or easy to say. And very easy to say. Not difficult for anyone. Everyone who tries, they can say them easily. They are beloved to Allah and they are easy to say ثَقِيلَتَانِ فِي الْمِزَانِ But they are heavy or weighty in the mizan, in the scale of good deeds. They will hold a lot of weight. And what are those two words? Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al-Azim. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Yani, it is the declaration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of all defects. Wa bihamdihi, and He is worthy of all praise. And he is free from any defect, and he is worthy of all praise. Subhanallah al-Azim, also the declaration of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-Azim, the supreme, the great, that he is free of any imperfection or defect. This hadith reported by al-Bukhari and Muslim. And finally he says that the mizan of the scales or the balance are also confirmed by consensus of the first generations of the Muslims. Then he says here that the mizan... It is a real balance or real scale that has two يعني, uh, two scales on both sides. And this is based on the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu may Allah be pleased with him and his father from the Prophet وسلم, concerning the hadith of Sahib al-Bitaqa the one who had a bitaqa, a card. And here he just mentions a portion of the hadith فَتُوضَعُوا السِّجِلَّاتِ فِي كَفَّةٍ وَالْبِطَاقَ فِي كَفَّةٍ Then those records of the person's deeds will be put in one kafa, in one, part, one scale of the balance, and his bitaqa, this card, would be put in the other uh, scale, or the other side of the scale. This hadith is reported in the Sunan of Al-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and the Muslim Imam Ahmed and Shaykh Al-Bani rahimahullah said the hadith is Sahih. Actually, this hadith is a very important hadith, and for that reason, even though he only mentioned part of it, I think that it is beneficial to mention the whole of it. And that hadith, uh, in its entirety, it is mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah would يعني, take a, a man from amongst my ummah, from the ummah of, of the Prophet ﷺ, and he would bring him forth in front of all the people of the creation on Yawm al all the people. Ala ruus al-khalaiq, Yawm al 
then he will bring forth the records or the registry of his deeds in 99 records, 99 books recorded of his deeds, 99. Every one of them, it will be equal to as far as the sight can see. Yani, this is the record of his evil deeds, 99 books of evil deeds, each one of them, it contains evil deeds as far as the eye can see. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to him, Atunkir min hadha shay'an, yani do you, do you deny anything from this? Is there anything in here that has been recorded against you that's not true? Yani has the writing of the preserving angels, have there been any injustice in it against you? And that person would say, La ya Rabb. No, oh my Lord, there's nothing in here that has been written falsely against you, any injustice. I don't deny any of it. فَيَقُولُوا أَفَلَكَ عُذَرُ Then Allah will say to him, do you have any excuse for what you have done? And he will say, لا يا رب No, I have no excuse, oh my Lord. Then it will be said, فَيَقُولُوا بَلَا إِنَّ لَكَ عِنْدَنَا حَسَنًا فَإِنَّهُ لَا ظُلْمَ عَلَيْكَ الْيَوْمِ Then Allah will say, no, indeed, actually, there's something, there's a hasana for you, there's a good deed for you. Today, there's no, no injustice will be done to you. And even though you only have one good deed, it will be brought forth. Then a bitaqa, a card, will be brought forth. It will be written in it, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. In that card, he will have one good deed that he sincerely, truly testified that nothing has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And he testified that Muhammad sallallahu is the slave servant and the messenger of Allah. فَيَقُولُوا إِحْذَرْ وَزْنَكْ So bring forth your weight يعني from this card. And the person will say, مَا هَذِهِ الْبِطَاقَةِ مَا هَذِهِ السِّجِلَّاتِ And what will this card do for me? How will it help me in any way against all of these 99 records of deeds, of bad deeds, as far as the eye can see? فَقَالَ إِنَّكَ لَا تُظْلَمْ Then it, he will say, you will not be wrong, no injustice will be done to you. فَقَالَ And here is the part of the hadith that the Shaykh mentioned in his explanation. قَالَ فَتُوضَى السِّجِلَّاتِ Then all of those 99 records of his evil deeds will be put in one side of the balance and that card which has the testimony of his acknowledging that nothing has the right to be worshipped except Allah and that Muhammad is the slave and Messenger of Allah, it will be put in the other side. فَطَاشَتْ السِّجِلَّاتِ وَثَقَلَتْ الْبِطَاقَةِ Then the, those records of his deeds, they will be, يعني, they will fly away from their lightness. And that card, it will be heavy. It will take the weight of the scale down on his side. Uh, for nothing has any weight along with the name of Allah. يعني, this hadith is the hadith known as Sahib al-Bitaqa and it is a very important hadith because it makes us to know the great worth of a sincere testimony of anyone acknowledging that nothing has the right to be worshipped except Allah alone and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. If a person makes his testimony sincerely even with all of their evil deeds that testimony will outweigh their evil deeds and there is hope for everyone who dies on Tawheed believing in the oneness or the uniqueness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and acknowledging the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu and this is an inspiration for us, for every one of us of the believers and it is also, it should be a motivation for us to call people to Allah to call people to Islam, to call people to testify to the Tawheed of Allah and the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then the Shaykh says uh, concerning 
the mizan, the scholars differed whether or not the mizan, it's one balance or there are many balances or many scales. Some of the scholars said that there are many according to the number of nations or the number of individuals or the amount of deeds of the people. And they said that uh, that the mizan or the mawazin it has only been mentioned in the Quran in the plural it has only been mentioned in the Quran in the plural therefore they said that it means that there are many scales not one as for it being mentioned in the singular it only came in the hadith of the Prophet and they said the meaning in the hadith of it being mentioned as mizan in the singular it just means the yani, scale as a type or as, an, as, a, as a, a thing it is mentioned as scale but actually they said it doesn't mean that there is only one but as is indicated in the Quran that there are many the second opinion of the scholars some of them said that the Mizan is in fact only one as it has been narrated in the hadith and the singular and as for its mention in the plural in the Quran they said uh, this plural is only used in reference to the plurality of that which would be weighed in it. Yani the, the deeds of the people are many, so they mention it as mawazin in the plural. And the Sheikh says that both of these opinions have weight and should be considered, both of them are possible and Allah knows best. Uh, then he says, as for that which would be weighed in the scales, uh, the deeds of the people will be weighed in the scale that this is what appears from the ayat of the Quran that have been mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet Wasallam. that that which be, would be weighed in the scales it is the deeds, the actions, the amal of the people but some scholars said that what actually will be weighed in the scales are the sahahif sahahif yani the suhuf or the records the records of the deeds of the people based on the hadith that we just mentioned Sahib al-Bitaqa in that hadith the Prophet ﷺ said that what will be put in the scales is the records of the person's deeds therefore some of the scholars said based on this that actually what will be put in the scales are the records and some said that actually what will be placed in the scales are the people themselves and this is indicated in the hadith of Abu Huraira where the Prophet ﷺ said إِنَّهُ لَيَأْتِيَ الرَّجُلُ الْعَظِيمُ السَّمِيمُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لا يزن عند الله جناح بعودة يعني this hadith the Prophet said that verily a man will be brought forth a big fat tremendous man will be brought forth on Yom Qiyamah and his weight wouldn't be equal even to the wing of a fly with Allah or a net يعني the weight of that big fat man when he is put in the scales he wouldn't be in weight equal we will not give any weight to them yani we shall not give them any weight on the day of resurrection yani the people when they are put in the scales that is the disbelievers they wouldn't weigh anything and this is mentioned in Surah Al-Kaf chapter 18 verse 105 and the verses before that make more clear this meaning where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says shall we not inform you of who will be the people in the most lost concerning their deeds الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ سَنَعَ that they are those whose efforts were wasted in the life of this world and they used to think 
that they have actually done well in what in their actions. They are, this is in reference, this ayat is in reference to the disbelievers as indicated in this part of the verse, that they are those who disbelieve in the signs of their Lord and their meeting with Him. So their deeds will be in vain, will be wasted, it will be useless, and we will not give them any weight. They will not weigh anything on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. In any case, some of the scholars said that the deeds will be weighed, some said the records will be weighed, some said that the people will be weighed as indicated in this hadith of the Prophet and some of the scholars said that they combined these different texts and they made reconciliation between them. They said uh, that what would be weighed in reality are the books or the records of the deeds of the people and those books would be weighty or light based on the deeds that are written in them of the people. So in that case, the books or the records are being weighed, but the weight of them is based on the deeds of the people, so both of them are in consideration. And as for the weight of the person who has done the deeds, the meaning here is that he being weighed, it means that his worth or his value will be weighed based on his actions or that which is recorded in his record. And here the Sheikh says this is a good Ya'ani way of reconciling the different opinions and Ya'ani trying to uh, alleviate or remove any conflict between the meaning of these various authentic reports from the Qur'an or from the Sunnah so that the books would be weighed and their weight would be according to, according to the deeds of the person that are written in them and the weighing of the person it means the weighing of their worth or their value based on their deeds. Then he says concerning the nashra of the dawaween, yani the spreading forth or the distribution of the records. He said, and nashr linguistically it means the opening of the book or it means the sending forth of something. Yani sending something forth and shar'an legally it means the manifestation or bringing forth the records of the deeds of the people on Yawm Qiyamah to be weighed. And Nashra, Nashra at Dawaween, it means bringing forth the Dawaween, the records of the deeds of the people on Yawm Qiyamah in order for them to be weighed. Dawaween, he said linguistically, it is first the plural of Diwan. Dawaween is the plural of Diwan and it means linguistically the book or the record in which the soldiers are counted in. And if the amount of the soldiers or the number of soldiers in the army are counted in the diwan, in this book or this record. But shar'an, legally, in the sharia, here dawaween or diwan, it means the records that will be, uh, that the account of the people's deeds will be taken from. Those records which have been written by the angels the records of the deeds of the people that are written by the angels. This is what is meant by Diwan or Dawaween. It means the records that are written of the actions of the people by the angels that will be weighed and they will be judged according to it on Yawm Qiyamah. So the Nashru at Dawaween or the distribution of the records, it means the manifestation or bringing forth of the records of the deeds on Yawm Qiyamah and those records being distributed to the people either in their right hands or in their left hands, and this is confirmed in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah and in the Ijma of the Muslims. From the, as far as the Qur'an, the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Inshiqaq, chapter 84, verse 
As for those, the one who has given his book in his right hand, then he will be called to account an easy account. This is the account that the Prophet used to supplicate for and we should also supplicate for it. وَيَنْقَلِبُ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ مَسْرُورًا And then he will turn to his people happy and joyous. وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ وَرَاءَ الظَّهْرِ But as for the one who has given his book behind his back, فَسَوْفَ يَدْعُوْ ثُبُورًا Then that person will supplicate or call for destruction. وَيَصْلَ سَعِيرًا And he will be caused to enter into the hellfire to taste the burning fire. And another proof of this, which mentions the left hand, it is in Surah Al-Haqa, chapter 69, verse 25. وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِشِمَالِهِ And as for the one who's given his book in his left hand, فَيَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أُوْتَ كِتَابِيَ He will say, Woe to me! It would have been better, or I wish that I were never given my record. The one who has given his record in his left hand. As for the sunnah, here the shaykh mentions the hadith about which there is difference of opinion, and perhaps the more correct opinion is the hadith, that, is, that this hadith is da'if because the, one, the narration of it in the Sunnah of Abu Dawood it, it has a broken chain it is a report from Al-Hasan al-Basri from Aisha radiallahu anha and Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah didn't narrate from Aisha so the chain is broken and the correct opinion is that this hadith is not sahih it is also reported in the Mustadrak of Al-Hakim and some scholars lean towards yani, it being considered as Hasan but in any case here the Shaykh mentions the hadith, we will mention it, and I think that perhaps the more correct opinion, even though Al-Hakim said the hadith is sahih, but the more correct opinion of the hadith is not sahih. In any case, this hadith is reported from Aisha radiallahu anha, that she asked the Prophet will anyone on Yom Qiyamah when they are standing for judgment, هَلْ تَذْكُرُونَ أَحْلِيكُمْ Will you remember your family, will you think about your family? And he said, there are three occasions on the, in the, concerning the matters of judgment and resurrection there are three places or three occasions when no one would remember or think about anyone else no one would think about anyone else the first of them is in the mizan at the time of the weighing of the deeds until a person knows if their deeds in their scale will be light or heavy until they know they won't think about anyone they will be only concerned about themselves, and the other one is at the time of the distribution of the records. A person will not think about anyone else until they know whether their record will come to them in their right hand or in their left hand or behind their back. And the third occasion is at the time of in the sirat, at the time of the crossing of the bridge, when the sirat is placed in front of the people, uh, then uh, the people will have to cross it to get into paradise and at that time also no one would think about anyone else until they cross over it and reach the paradise because everyone will be concerned about whether or not they will be of those who will fall in in any case, and Allah knows best it appears as though this hadith is not sahih so we shouldn't use it as a proof but the proofs uh, of the mizan and the suhaf or the records and the distribution of them in the right and the left and behind the back are confirmed in the Qur'an and it is also confirmed by consensus or ijma of the Muslim scholars concerning the description of how the books would be taken the shaykh says that the believer would take his book in his right hand and he would be happy and joyous and he would say take read my record this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Haqqa 
chapter 69 verse 19 as for the one who's given his book in his right hand take read my book he will be happy when he gets his book in his right hand he knows that he is saved that he has been يعني, by the mercy of Allah of those who are successful so he will be happy and he will say take and read my book as for the kafir, he will take his book in his left hand or behind his back and he will call for destruction he will want to be destroyed and he will say as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hatha chapter 69 verse 25 and 26 وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِشِمَالِهِ as for the one who is given his book in his left hand فَيَقُولُوا يَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أُوْتَ كِتَابِيَا وَلَمْ أَدْرِي مَا حِسَابِيَا Oh, I wish that I had not been given my record and I wish that I had never known about my account يعني how it will be This is the end of what the Shaykh says concerning point number 61, the Mizan and what would happen concerning it and the last point uh, perhaps we will try to cover it, it's brief is point number 62 it is the saying of Al-Imam Ibn Qudama the saying of Al-Imam Ibn Qudama point number 62 وَلِنَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ حَوْضٍ فِي الْقِيَامَةِ that for our Prophet Muhammad there will be a حَوْض a fountain or a pond or a pool on the day of resurrection مَاهُ أَشَدُّ بَيَاضًا مِنَ اللَّبِنِ It's water, it will be more white, whiter than milk. وَأَحْلَى مِنَ الْعَصَلِ And it will be sweeter than honey. وَأَبَارِكُهُ عَدَدْ نُجُومَ السَّمَاءِ And its drinking vessels will be like the number of the stars in the sky. مَنْ شَرِبَ مِنْهُ شُرْبَةً لَمْ يَظْمَعْ بَعْدَهَا أَبَدًا Whoever drinks from it, even one drink, Yani one drinking from it, they would never be thirsty after that ever again. This is the Hawd of the Prophet Wasallam. And here the Shaykh says, Al-Hawd, linguistically it means Al-Jam, to gather or to collect things together. You say, Hawda Al-Ma Yahuduhu Ida Jamahu. Yani, the meaning of it is, when you collect the water together, this is the meaning of Al-Hawd, the place where the water is collected together. And it is also applied, al-hawd is applied to water that is collected together. It is called al-hawd, a pond or a fountain or a pool. Linguist or shara'an, legally it means the pool or the fountain or the pond of water that would descend from al-kawthar, which would descend from al-kawthar that is promised to the Prophet ﷺ in the Qur'an. And this would take place on the occasion of the affairs of Al-Qiyamah, the resurrection. It would be given to the Prophet ﷺ on that time when the people would be collected together and resurrected for accounting. This is indicated in Al-Sunnah Al-Mutawatira, the Sunnah which has been transmitted to us by innumerable chains of transmission and it is also something agreed upon by Ijma of the people of Sunnah. As for the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ reported in Al-Bukhari and Muslim, that hadith is reported from Sahal ibn Sa'ad and Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhumah may Allah be pleased with both of them that the Prophet sallallahu said inni faratukum ala al-hawr that verily I will be your predecessor I will be the one who will come before you to the hawr, to the fountain the Prophet sallallahu will arrive there first and he will stand at his hawr so that all the people of his ummah may come and drink on that occasion when people will be thirsty they will drink from the hawr one time they will never be thirsty again 
the completion of this hadith, which the Shaykh doesn't mention, he only mentions this portion, but the completion of the hadith is also interesting. He said that whoever will pass by me, they will drink from it. And whoever will drink from it will never be thirsty again. And many people would come forward to this fountain. I will know them. أعرفهم ويعرفونني I will know them and they will know me. ثم يحالوا بيني وبينهم And then a barrier will be brought between me and them. Meaning that some people from the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. When they came forth to drink from it, a barrier would be placed between them and the Prophet ﷺ. They would not be allowed to drink from it. Yani this fountain is exclusively for the companions, for the followers of Muhammad ﷺ. But as reported in other narrations, the people who innovated in the deen, the Prophet ﷺ would know them, meaning he will recognize that they are from his ummah, and they will know him, they will recognize him. But Allah will place a barrier between them due to the innovations that they invented after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ. This house is agreed upon by Ijma of the early generations of the people of Sunnah and no one denied it except the Mu'tazila. And we refute them by first mentioning the authentic ahadith and mutawatira which have been reported from the Prophet concerning Al-Hawd and also we refute them by the fact that there is Ijma consensus of the people of Sunnah. Those who are considered, there is a consensus amongst them except the Mu'tazila. Finally, he says the description of the Hawd, which we talked about previously in Al-Aqidah, Al-Tahawiyah, and we talked about it even in more detail in Usul Al-Sunnah by Imam Ahmed. But here he mentions it briefly, the description of the Hawd, its length is the length of traveling one month, and its width is the width of traveling one month, and its corners are equal in distance from one corner to another, and its drinking vessels are equal to the number of the stars in the sky, and its water is whiter than milk, and sweeter than honey, and its scent is more beautiful or more attractive or more, I don't know what we say, sweeter than the scent of misk, any sweet-smelling perfume, and it has uh, some, yani uh, the canals that the water would come down into that pond from, they would come from paradise. One of them would be gold and the second of them would be silver. And the believers from the Ummah of Muhammad are those who would come to it. Whoever drank from it, one time they would never be thirsty after that ever again. And all of these descriptions that the Shaykh mentions here, he said, they are confirmed in As-Sahihain or Ahadihima. They are confirmed in the two books of Sahih al-Bukhari al-Muslim or at least in one of them. And he says that the Hawd, it is present now. It is not something that Allah will create later, but it's already existent, and this is based on the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, reported in Al-Bukhari on the authority of Uqba ibn Amir radiallahu anhu. He said, وَإِنِّي وَاللَّهِ لَأَنظُرُ إِلَى حَوْدِ الْآنِ The Prophet ﷺ said, Verily, I swear by Allah, that it is though I am looking at my house or my pond or fountain Al-An now. He said, I can see it now. Uh, and it is also mentioned here by the Shaykh that its water comes from Al-Kawthar. And this is based on the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ reported in the Muslim Imam Ahmed. And Al-Hafiz Ibn Kathir said that the isnad of this hadith is Hassan. It's isnad, its chain of narrative, and its text, its metan is Hassan, though Perhaps يعني, the more correct opinion, as some of the scholars said, that this hadith has some defect in it. Uh, in any case, there are some 
numerous narrations. I didn't have a chance to examine them all to refresh my memory, but it seems as though I read some authentic narrations of this hadith. He said, وَأَعْطَانِي عَلَى وَهُوَ نَهْرٌ فِي الْجَنَّةِ يَصِيرُ فِي الْحَوْدِ Yani that Allah has given me Al-Qawthar and it is a river in the paradise and it flows into the pond. It appears as though there are some authentic narration of this meaning Allah knows best. Uh, there's one paragraph remaining. Inshallah after the adhan we'll complete the paragraph and finish. Allah. Uh, the last paragraph the Shaykh says that for every prophet for every prophet there is a hawd a pond and for but the pond of the prophet Muhammad وسلم, is bigger is the biggest of them the greatest of them and will have the most people coming to it to drink from it and this is based on the saying of the Prophet and the hadith reported in the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi and he said that it is hadith gharib and normally if Al-Imam At-Tirmidhi says gharib it means that it is da'if but in this case alhamdulillah there are many other numerous narrations of the hadith reported by Ibn Abi Dunya in the Sunan of Ibn Majah and others on the authority of Abu Sa'id radiallahu anhu uh, and it is an authentic hadith based on the numerous uh, strong other reports concerning it. In that hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, Inna likulli nabiyin hawdan. That there is a hawd, a fountain, or a pond, or pool for every Prophet. Wa innahum layatabahawna ayyuhum aksar waridah. And everyone will yani, seek to be the one who has the most coming to his, yani, to be, have the one who has the most coming to his fountain to drink from it, everyone would be would hope it would be hoping that they would have the most coming to their Haud wa inni la'arju and akuna aksaruhum warida. And I hope that I will be the one who has the most people coming to my Haud to drink from it. And it is inshallah as the Prophet hoped it to be. This is the end of what we wanted to say. There's just uh, quickly from the sisters, those whose balance of good deeds are heavy they are successful. It is not Surah, it is not Surah Al-Mu'mineen 2340, but it is Al-Mu'mineen 23102 and 103. I said 23 or 40. I was unsure of the number of the Surah. Is it chapter 23 or chapter 40? Chapter 23 is Mu'mineen and chapter 40 is Al-Mu'min. So I always get mixed up between the two. But I wasn't saying the ayat is 40. And anyway, Jazakallah khair for the correction. It is 23. Chapter 23, verse 102 and 103. Subhanaka wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any comments or questions uh, before we leave or corrections. One or two minutes if there's any comments or questions. Tayyib. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanallah al-azim. There's other dhikr, subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanallah wa bihamdi wa subhanallah al-azim. Uh, there are other ones similar to this, but this particular one is the one mentioned in that hadith. About the two words that are 
beloved to Ar-Rahman, they are light on the tongue or easy to say and heavy on the scales. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah azim. Now, there's other zikr, not this one, and there's other one. Astaghfirullah, now. Okay. Subhanakallah. Amen. <laughs> 